0: Spirit, spirit. Hey. Yeah, you really don't you know your brother's spirit, hungry? Don't you know your sister's spirit, lonely? Don't you know there's babies crying? Don't you
1: know your brother's dying? Welcome to tapping into spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational and we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. Greetings and welcome to our next episode of Tapping Into Spirit. I'm Dr. Anthony Smith and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Ms. Zawadi Powell. Hey Zawadi. Hey. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited.
1: Good, so am I. We have two wonderful guests that's going to be talking to us today about You know, we talked a a couple of sessions ago about, is it possible to uh, have two people in a relationship and have that relationship be a healthy, thriving relationship with them being involved in two different spiritual practices? And we actually have a live couple that are doing that. And so we're going to have them, one, talk about their spiritual practice, but two, talk about what it's like to merge those two things together and how they are able to do that in a way that allows them to thrive and be healthy. So our guests for today are Mr. Derek Biggs and Ms. Wenda Kudumu. Kudumu. I knew I was going to mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> you stink. It's, it's fanatic. <laughs> this would be so easy. Hi, yeah. how are y'all? We're gay. No
3: well. Yeah.
1: Surviving in this age of COVID,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: adjustment, adjustment, but uh, you know, you pregnant pause. be able to adjust yeah. that. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah. We, There's a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. We thank you for. It ju-
2: must be nice though to have a uh, constant company and be a couple. The uh, only thing I have right now is my dog and I'm very upset about that. And so I'm so happy for all of you who have <laughs> who have a quarantine partner. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I
0: think that's that can be beneficial too. Uh, for, we're fortunate enough to have us here, and then three college students and two high school students. So it, it becomes a um, it's it's good, but as you have has to be managed. You know, you have to have some planning on how what's going to take place and where people going to go and and, and all those kind of things. So it's been somewhat challenging, but in the same, uh, the same breath is 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 different because this kind of takes you back to me, back to, you know, before internet and TV and, you know, yeah. you, you have to do things together as a group in order to entertain. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You have to make it a party, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Good opportunity to come together. So, it is. Um, I'm going to have you all basically just introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about, your specific spiritual practices. And I would like each of you to basically give us a summation of, uh, from childhood to where you are now, how you have come to understand spirit and spirituality and practice your spiritual um, tradition in the way that you do.
2: Big, you go first. Tell mm-hmm. us about your childhood with spirituality and how you
0: came to um, um, practice what you practiced. So. Today. So I, I, I'm I'm a Christian, I guess I was born uh, in a Baptist household. So what I mean by that is I went to church more Sundays than not uh, forced to. Uh, but in my choice, I probably wouldn't have went to Sunday school <laughs> um, during that time period. Um, you kind of learn certain things as you go along. If you've been around enough, you pick up certain things about going at a Baptist church. And so going to Sunday school, Um, as I got older, um, I find myself, uh, you know, doing things because of routine. So um, once I came to college, I went to church schools, that's what, I did on Sundays. I probably attended regularly um, um, when I was in uh, college. Um, I've been somewhat connected to Christianity and uh, most of my life. Um, As I got older, when I was in college, I went to my girlfriend's church and then I, I finished. I went to my roommate's church. So it's all went to church because it was habit. Mm. Um, eventually, uh, I moved back here to Durham after I finished. When my parents moved to Durham, I moved here with them after I finished college, and I attended the church my grandfather went to. Um, so, one thing about my experiences, uh, my church experience, was that um, two churches I went to there was, you know, you know, churches have issues with pastors and breakups, and so. I've been through a couple of parts of those, and those were, you know, those could kind of, what can I say? They can be things that kind of make people. Uh, I guess those of us who look at being a Christian and going to church is part of it. I want to be involved, but as I, uh, I begin to become an adult, um, I end up uh, having a situation where I had a, I guess a, like kind of a you know, a, a reawakening to Christianity for my own sake um, after some issues I went through. Mm. And then I started attending a church uh, of my own that was really non-denominational.
2: It's so always the issues. Huh? <laughs> the issues. The issues always, you know, propel us into a deeper spiritual practice. You, you, you want
0: issues. issues? Oh, you want to go there?
3: No,
2: she <laughs> <really> <laughs> the issues
3: usually propel us
0: yes. into
3: a deeper spiritual <laughs> practice.
0: They They, mm. they, they, they do. And so, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I was just my nephew just called me today and he was like, you know, you stop drinking. I've been drinking too much. And what'd you do? And I didn't want to sound, you know, I'm a person of deep spiritual belief, but I feel like that um I need to share it, but sometimes verbally in a way. You gotta do that by what you do. And so here this happened today. He called me and was like, you know, I saw stuff you had written on your wall. I had a, I had a wall where I had stuff how I wanted to improve physically, spiritually, mentally, and everything. And so he had been looking at this for years and never told me. At the house, you know, we didn't live together. But he my grandfather's house. And so he said, man, you, so he asked me a question about how I stopped drinking. He said, you, he goes you just stopped. You know, I, had, I, used to, I used to drink a lot. I just stopped.
2: Oh, wow. You
0: know? I mean, I, 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 I dropped I to the point where I had, I had two DWIs before. Mm. Wow. And total a, a of a, a car when I had this come to Jesus moment. It wasn't happening in the church. And I and I told the car and I didn't know how I didn't know how I got home.
2: Wow.
0: So I'm looking at the news, I'm going, man, whatever did I hit. I got a buddy of mine to drive me back to where I was at the night before. And I drove back and I really didn't remember because I was so intoxicated. To make a long story short, that was on a Friday, so that Saturday, I got up, I just prayed, and I'm like, Lord, I promise you, take this from me. I'll never do And I, at that particular moment, I I think I had to drink again at that point, but the taste was taken from me. So after two DWIs and total in the car, I actually drink every day, you know, beer every day, and then on weekends, I drink a lot. And so I didn't think I really had a problem, but when you look at it, I was like, well, <laughs> you know. You did. I did, right. And so I'm saying you I know I had a problem. Wanna, yeah,
2: we never want to admit it. We never wanna so, admit so, it.
0: So <laughs> I, I had a I had a for drunken publics in college. I had two DWIs and I just wrecked another car, totaled a car. So if you think about that, when you when you go I I've been to the meeting before. So when you go to these the meetings for getting your license back, if you have a bunch of if you have several life crises over drinking, then you got drink a drinking problem. I just gave yeah. I just gave you four things.
1: Mm-hmm. I've
0: been arrested for drinking public, two DWIs, and I told the car. Um, and so, not to belabor the point, but I remember that night later on, and I thought the police had got in behind me, and it really actually had, was the guy where I lived at verified, like, several months later, he said, you know, let me wreck your car, man. You, you get out of the car. You know, police came down the alley, like, five minutes later. So, to make, to make a long story short, after that point, I had a kind of a, a spiritual awakening um a re awakening of the spirit and I, I just decided I was gonna do things differently and one I was drinking from that point on I stopped drinking and just so happened um I called a friend because i didn't have a car at the moment I was like hey man uh he was talking about the church he went to he' was like could you just take me to the church this morning sure. yeah, on that on that Sunday he picked me up I went to the church um and I've been going there ever since i think that was 10 years ago
2: oh wow yeah, it wasn't 10, 10 years, years ago, ago Linda. <laughs>
0: 2007 or 2008
3: <laughs> yeah no that had to be at least 12 years ago 12 years ago we've been together for almost 10 years and you had already been yeah. going to that church
0: so so it's two years oh, something, right. something
2: about that church or it was your own personal moment that brought you to your spiritual awakening or do you right think right yeah was, so it, it was um, a low moment
0: i mean it was a low moment so I didn't have a car um, um at the time. I so the previous DWI I had, I lost my job because of it. So I can't remember year that was. So, oh, I had so a you kind
2: of hit rock bottom.
0: Right. I lost so I lost it. So wow. I, lost, I lost a job because of DWI. So I'm I'm I got divorced. I I got separated at this time. I was living on my own in a rooming house over on uh, Trinity Trinity Drive. I mean, I had had a plan in place. I I thought I had a plan to get myself back together. And the car wreck kind of helped redirect me. And at that time, you know, my faith changed and I became more than just a a Sunday goer and trying to do the the right thing to somebody that was going to just try to live according to to, to the word that I read regularly. Um so at and that how point did you,
2: how did you experience that? Like did you did you hear, you know, Jesus speak to you? Did you feel like a certain energy? Did you mentally so
0: I, I I did. So I was in my room. So I literally I did so that was on a Friday, I wrecked the car Friday. I got up, I came to the car and I thought I had a bad dream. The car was wrecking total. um I came back in the room. I was like wow well, this is crazy. Um so I just I just started praying. And I was crying and praying for a long time, for a long time. Probably, the, I, I didn't leave the house that day at all. I just, I, I, I just, I just cried and prayed. You know, if I hope I didn't hurt anybody. And I promise you, Lord, I never do this again. I'll never be, I never. And so I was made a commitment at that point. And at that point, I was, I felt like I, 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 I was, had made, had a, 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 a reawakening experience, uh, spiritually at that particular time um in that room by myself and i I mean for like hours. I mean it was an I was, so you're looking at probably off and on the entire day of just like praying. I, I'm if I i did not eat I didn't eat. I went to bed the next day. I got up the next morning and I asked uh I called Alan I, my buddy he was I was like man this, I just want to go to church. From that point I, I decided I was gonna do something different. I called my I called my parents I was like uh you know, told him my car. I'm all right. You ain't got to worry about me. And then, I, you know, I stopped drinking from that point. And I never, I don't have a problem. I mean, drinking. I just, I, the taste was taken from me. And I'm I'm talking about I drunk. I had a I was serious drinking. And uh, wow. so from that point on, I was just trying to change my life. And I was in the process of trying to go back to school to get my teaching certification. And uh, it, it was it was kind of a rough moment. It was it was it was it was a it was a, you know kind of a, a bottom, really, really low moment. And the point of the made it so critical is that'd been stopped for DW, I'd have been my third one. So yeah. that would been, so, so,
2: so you use the you use the church and your religion um and your, your day of prayer, pr- fast and prayer, really. Um Yeah, I didn't I didn't even see it was fast, I was just
0: saw so I just yeah. I didn't I didn't yeah. it was I'd eat it all, I was just yeah.
2: It completely, it completely changed you to the point where you no longer had a drinking problem, and right. you, um, and you, you just felt very different. And so, um, right. you, you feel, you feel like, uh, like Christianity saves you. Like your, your spiritual practice changed I, your life. I, I felt
0: like it. Did, I felt like I had a connection. I felt like I kind of was related to it. But it it hit me at a whole different, deeper level Um, at that point in a a low moment. So at the time, so um then what happened is, you know, I go to World I went to World Overcomers and it's a whole lot different from the church I've been to. I'm like, this is really different. I'm like, wow. So I'm like, because I could have went to any church, but that's that's what happened to call was the friend. So I went there, um, going there um and then meeting there was a mean con- meaning con- I was going to church There was a meaning co- immediate connection with with pastor Andy because he was a person that related to me was we were like the same age and so mm-hmm. and then it was church was just different you know if you if you go there it, it's it just it's, it was much different from the church that I went to um and you know even the one in Durham
2: and then mm-hmm. the church I've been to in the past and so Wait. Okay, question. So were you were you expecting to marry someone who was also Christian? Like was that in your plans? So can you come
0: closer? The thing, the thing I I, I just had a conversation with Wayne about that today. And I had this, so on this, on my wall, I had a list of things that I was trying to do, uh, from spiritual to mental to physical to relation to career. And the one thing I was missing off that list was and I told I had what was relationships or, or I felt like that it it that that I didn't have to ask God for a woman because I could find it on my own. That is I, was, I and so I, I didn't really I didn't really pray about having a relationship with somebody. I mean that was that that came that came easy and I kind of compartmentalized that part. I had a relationship with Christ and everything about it. I didn't have him in that part of my life really. I was like, I just was, I could handle that part myself. I felt my thing was, I just needed to make sure I got myself right. So I felt if I got myself together, then I was a problem in relationships. That wasn't necessarily true. And so when I, when I think about the person I'm with now, I'm like, well, I really didn't ask for somebody, but I got somebody that helped me to, to, uh, See Christianity really differently because it's about what I did and not about what I what I said You know what I'm saying? So, wow.
2: well,
0: the after, it was, So having a conversation about I believe in this and Jesus this and this is that. I'm like,
2: yeah. no.
0: I, here's what I, well, she asked me, and I would be like, well, you know. She would ask me a question about why I believe certain things. If I believe this, or she would ask me, and I'm like, I believe this. That don't mean you know. I'm just believing. This is what I believe, and so because you may not believe it, you know. See, so he, he, here's some scripture I took, and so anybody that didn't believe like me, it's okay because they just don't see it like I see it. So it's a scripture I can't remember, but their seeds fall on a certain kind of ground, and all the seeds don't grow because they're on the same ground, and that's not for me to judge what you what somebody else does. It just makes me understandable. So when you look at at Jesus, right? And you talk about the people who walked with him at the time still weren't sure what he, who he was. Just read it. And you would be like, you don't want to. Uh, in, in the Bible, uh, uh, John, John the Baptist, like after a long, he, he's in jail and he says, well, are you the one supposed to be coming? Even though he was the one that pre- predicted Christ's Christ. Come. So when somebody in this time period don't believe when Jesus Christ is, Cool. So, man, that's what well, people who, who who hung out with him didn't know that weren't sure who he was. Right. So, so I, I don't have any. It doesn't. I'm not offended by people saying or people who don't believe. Cause we all gotta have faith in something. Mm-hmm. You gotta have faith in something, right? You gotta believe in something, whatever it is. And and the, and the whole point of it is, what you need this for is, when you have a tough situation and we have a low moment, can you still praise or give thanks in that moment
1: right that's,
0: now so can you do that if what you do is supplying you with that like i said before when my brother died in a car accident he died in a car accident my mom was like jesus that's your name she called
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's your name she called in agony jesus that's your name she called when she found out he was laid and and there's a comfort in that and some people may understand that some people don't and that's okay. Right. If you don't, it's okay, it's okay with me. So in my, in my connection with Wanda, what's really interesting is, is that um, she had a book on her bed that she hadn't read. She was in the bathroom. So you can say, this is how the Lord works. There was a book on her bed. And the book was called The Secret. Mm, yes. Oh. I
3: had read
0: The Secret. The book was called The Magic. The Magic, yes. Right. The, magic. You read, the book was called, called, called The Magic, sorry. The book called The Magic. So she was in the bathroom, and it was just this, this one book sitting on the bed here, and so I, I picked it up, and I opened it. And on the first page of this book was the scripture from the Bible. And I can't, I, I can rec- it's like, it goes like this, those who have those who have a lot, a lot will be, those have those who have much. Much will be required.
3: Yeah, much will be expected of them, right?
0: But those, it, it, it was saying that those who have much will still get more, and those who have little will get even less. I can't remember. The book should be open. But anyway, when I, when I read this, when I, in this book, The Magic, That was the first line in it. And so when I opened and started reading it, this person who was writing about this was not a person, I'm not saying they didn't, they weren't writing it from a Christian perspective. They were writing it from a perspective of how to manifest things in their lives. So when I read, I I took the book and I I, I read it. I took the book and I read it. I'm like, wow, this is really powerful. And I figured I was like, you know something, is people in church. Of course, there's certain natural laws, right? There are natural laws on earth, regardless of what you believe.
1: Right. I'm gonna
0: tell you one, you guys believe in the name. People reap what they sow.
1: Right.
0: Right. right. So if you think about it, it's in the Bible, but you say it all the time. I mean, if you do something, it's gonna come back to you. Most of the time we use it in the terms of bad stuff or good stuff, but there's certain a certain principles we have. And it does not make a difference what you believe in, it's a principle on earth, right? right? And so when I look read that book, I'm like, wow, these so people are using this and getting what they want. it didn't right. make a difference whether they believed in Jesus Christ or not. It didn't. Mm-hmm. So so you're basically talking about universal,
1: in- you're talking about universal law and right. the fact that everybody in in no matter what the religion is, as long as you right. apply those principles that you believe in. Everything is good,
0: and so the thing was what I realized is I was like, Why well, I go to church and and people using the pop, people who don't even have this belief, I believe are able to benefit more in the earth because of they understand how to use the principle
1: right you know,
0: right right okay. and so when I saw that connection, you know the first thing I did, I was like, Wow uh, because i was a little I was a little uh I was when she told me what she kind of was believed in. I was like,
2: well,
0: "We have got to that." Point. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it ready. Just <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So Go so ahead. I had a connection. I was like, okay, this thing. So, I started reading books about that, about the 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 secret and the magic, and then I start making the connection to.
3: You're
0: sort of reading about the law of attraction. Law of attraction, right? Law yeah, of attraction. Right. That law of attraction, right? Right. Because you say the magic, right. people don't understand what it means. I'm sorry
2: about, about the law of attraction. It looks like your so your relationship with Moenda introduced you to all kinds of different philosophies and readings and teachings that actually enhanced your own spiritual practice, right?
0: Right, because I I saw it differently. And then I could go back and see things. I I saw, what I saw was, I saw people putting into practice faith through belief in what they were trying to manifest.
1: Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so let's bring in Wanda here. Um, You asked me to go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that. That was good, very, very, very comprehensive. And we're gonna, we're gonna merge these two, get together. But I know Wendy's sitting over there chomping at the bit. <laughs>
3: well, I was actually, I, I went to look for the um the book, the magic. He must have it at his dad's place because I couldn't find the book. But so that we could look at the quote, um, it, we we come from a a very different background. Uh huh. So, um, I was raised um by a um. A uh, I guess kind of a reformed Catholic. <laughs> my parents were raised, my dad was raised Baptist, my mom was raised Catholic, very Catholic, from Louisiana, um Catholic, and um and, and went to Catholic schools and you know that that kind of thing, studied with priests and everything. Um, but in in the 50s and um early 60s, um during the Black Power Movement. Um, my my parents really became um, black nationalists, okay. and, um, and 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 helped to grow the whole black nationalist movement. And through that, they joined an organization and helped to form an organization. They didn't just join; they helped to create an organization, um, Nia, which was a. Um, an organization that was spun off of the US organization out of Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, with Maulana Karanga. And um, so they were part of the US organization, but their, their chapter was called MIA. And um, the US organization, as families linked together, practiced, practiced Kawaida, which um, is tradition and reason. And they never really said, hey, to kids, as a child growing up in the US organization, growing up in NIA organization, uh, people didn't say to me, yeah, you, we practice kawaida. It wasn't like that. I didn't know there was a name for it. And kawaida means tradition and reason. And um, we, we did, uh, we believed in a creator. You know, we talked about the creator, um, but we also talked about uh, African um, values and um, traditions. And um, we learned Ki Swahili. We, um, we, we spoke some Zulu to each other as well. And um, we did things communally. And we believed in um, commonwealth and common uh, organization. And it wasn't until I was older. And, and okay, so that was my, mom, my parents mm-hmm. and uh, my parents' siblings that they were older then. So they kind of brought them in as well. And so my uncle told me as we were older that he was like, um, I was complaining about not being able to uh, celebrate Easter or something like that. Every All my cousins were getting new clothes and, you know, new this and we didn't get any of that. We didn't celebrate Halloween. We didn't celebrate um, Easter because we were told that those weren't our, um, those weren't our tradition. Those. Um, those traditions were um, for the European and, and they were imposed upon African people by the European. And so we were, um, we we stayed away from those things. And so, but large parts, I come from a very big family. Uh, my mom has um, four siblings and, you know, I have um, 14 siblings um, uh-huh. with the different pairings of mothers and fathers when you put it all together. But I was raised, with the five of us in the house, five kids in the house. And so, you know, I had a lot of siblings, lots of cousins, you know, um, my grandmother had 18 grandchildren, 11 great-grandchildren, two great-great-great when she passed away, you know, so lots of people. And most of them were um, Catholic, most, you know, on my mom's side. Most of them were Christian. And so they had their Christian traditions, and I was like, well, I just want the clothes. How come I don't get, you know, new clothes on Easter? I don't get candy. We don't get to go Halloween, trick-or-treating, you know, all of those things. And Christmas, you know, have to wait for Kwanzaa to open gifts, you know. That was um, as a kid, and my uncle sat me down. He said, um, you're not Christian. And I was like, they have this, they have that. He said like, you're kawaita. And that was the first time I had even heard the term. So I was like, well, what is that,
1: you know? And so and and that would have been pretty progressive um you're on the front end of that whole movement right yeah mm-hmm.
3: yeah because i was born in 66 and kwanzaa started in 66. so i was born in november and the first kwanzaa happened in december mm-hmm. you know my my dad missed the first kwanzaa because he was with me and you know my mom and dad were with me as a baby and they didn't travel to la to go to the first Kwanzaa. but they were there for the second Kwanzaa. Um, you know, so you literally
1: was, grew up in it,
3: yeah, I grew up in this yeah wow. this is this is what I grew up in uh Wanda was the name they gave me when I was born, so um, they changed their name to Kadumu, so you know this is what the tradition that I grew up in, and so um so for me um when when it was like, oh okay, so there's a name for something that we do, you know, it was just. It wasn't like what it is now. It's like you talk about us organization. Everybody knows about the us organization. You talk about Kwanzaa. Everybody knows about Kwanzaa. But back then, nobody knew about any of that. Nobody was celebrating Kwanzaa. Nobody knew about us. You know, us was having issues with the Black Panthers. You know, and it was just you know all these things that were happening, and nobody knew about that. And so, as a kid growing up, trying to explain to my friends who, you know, um, have um, you know who have Easter and Christmas and have celebrations that I don't. Practice that I don't celebrate. It was like, well, why don't you? And I don't really know. We just don't, you know. And I could say to him oh, that's for the European. But, you know, they're like, what? You know, so it's like, you know, you don't get new clothes. And it so when my uncle told me that, I remember him saying, no, um you are Kawaita. You practice kawaita. And I was like, what? Really? Kawaita? Like, what's that? And so, you know, it. it we didn't have, they had names for it, but those names weren't. I guess, talked about readily around the children so that we took on the name for it and being able to name something, you know, even though Kuji was very important, you know, self determination, naming yourself, and
2: all so, that. So I actually never heard of Kawaida. Is that like a religious practice that was built around Kwanzaa for people who have never heard of that?
3: No. And so Kawaita predates um, uh, Kwanzaa, actually. So ka- Kawaïda is, um, it, it means that as opposed to just following one spiritual pac- practice, like you can practice Kawaïda and still be um, Christian or, so it's not as much a defining of your spiritual practice as much as a way, you know, like there's the way, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and so uh, kawaita means that you go about life in a certain way. And that way is informed by traditions, um, African traditions, and then reasoning, you know, reasoning um, through whatever traditions you have and what makes sense in the moment, you know. So, so using your intellect to reason through um, those uh, traditions. So traditions and reasoning, kawaida. So, um, and and Karanga has written lots of books about kawa. Kawaita and and also about the founding of this organization um, that are interesting if people are willing to, you know, want to read about that. But, so that was the beginnings for me, you know, and yet um, I did go to church from time to time. I, I said my grandmother was very Catholic. So, you know, um, it rotated duties <laughs> in terms of who would go to church with granny um, different times and so um, it was, uh, I, I did go to Catholic church. I was in a a Catholic funeral. I think last year went to a funeral of a, a a friend's um, father-in-law and um, so surprised on how I remembered when to stand up, when to sit down, how to respond, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, going to Catholic mass. is like a, there's a playbook, you know? And so um, as a kid, I did have that experience and um, my parents did allow us to go to church. And experience spiritual practices with our friends. Like we could go to the mosque if we wanted to, we could go to a church if we wanted to. And we were allowed to go and experience, but they thought of it as a religious education more than, you know, this is our spiritual practice, you know. And so we did learn some of those things.
2: Um, when and, did you, have, I'm sorry, when did you have your spiritual awakening? Like, what, when did you decide to practice spirituality for yourself?
3: Yeah. So, um, in in college, I um, in college um, I did a lot of dance. So I did a lot of dance class. I danced with a, a master dancer Halifu Osamari, um, and she brought in um, master dance teachers from all over the world. Um, I danced with Catherine Dunham. I learned Dunham technique from Catherine Dunham. We learned all these different dance and. She was particularly, Halifa was particularly interested in us learning African dance from um, a spiritual perspective. So I learned dances from the different um, Yoruba deities as well as from um, different um, spiritual practices in Angola and um, other parts and Central Africa um, from what is now Congo. And so um, all these different kinds of practices um, in terms of uh, dancing and Um, uh, how to set up um, altars and how to feed altars and all of that was a part of the dance um, practice that Halifu gave us as students um, at my university and so it was she took it really all the way there it wasn't just about um, dance as in African culture um, and traditions there's When you carve something, it's not just something that goes on the wall, it's functional. It may be actually the spoon that you make something with too, you know, it's beautiful, but it's still functional. And so dance was functional as well, you know. So I I learned a lot about dance, about the Dogon dances and, you know, all of that. I was a science major, so I was really interested in that. So when I got out of college, I was really a seeker, you know. I also took some Zen classes. I took Buddhism and I took Zen and I was really seeking you know and so I was really a seeker of knowledge one of the things I always asked when I was growing up and I would go to church with my friends the things I didn't get was like how could Jesus be God's only son it was like so then what are we you know it is like what are the rest of us if Jesus is God's only son And, and if God made everything and God made us then how are we not also God you know, and so it's like, these are questions that, you know, I would ask in the middle of, you know, Sunday school when I would go with my friend, I'd be like, well, how about this? And people would be like, no, right. <laughs> sit down.
1: <laughs> you were asking these questions as a child. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: I was asking these questions as a child. Nobody could explain it to my satisfaction. You know, I could not understand it. You know, it was like, you know, and and I also read the Bible. From time to time, when when I go with my friends, I would read it very, um, because I didn't I didn't grow up with it. I read it like, well, it says right here, you know, and very factually kind of, and that was not how it was. I was like, well, why do they only talk about this one part when there's like a whole another chapter underneath that, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so these are the kind of questions that people are not fond of answering. Um, for children in Bible school, at least not at that time, and not at, like Biggs was saying, at the church that I went to, you know, it was a very different kind of church than what it goes to now, um, so then um, when I got out of college, um, I had, um, I, um, I did go to Africa, I, I went for the first time to Africa, I went and lived in Nigeria for a while, and um, I got to see people um, practicing Yoruba, and, uh, and it being a part of their daily life, you know? And so that was that was an experience for me. And then um, uh, after living there for a year, then I came back to the U.S. and um, I was living in Oakland and um, I was in my 20s and um, went, um, went to New York with a friend to hang out with a friend. And um, there was a, a friend of ours who lived in New York and there was a dancer who was, and bringing it back to dance was a dancer had this book that um uh, had a magazine in her living room and when I saw the picture of the magazine on the cover I was like oh my god that looks like my dad the, the person on the cover looked like my dad and I was like who is this she said um his name is Swami Muktananda but we call him Baba and I was like what <laughs> you call him what mm-hmm. because that's Swam- what we call mm-hmm. my dad we call my dad <laughs> <laughs> Baba you know, and so I was like, and everybody calls him Baba, you know, so I was just like, wow, that's what we call my dad, We call my dad Baba, and this man looks just like Baba, you know, and so I was like this, you know, I have to paint this picture, I was feeling this urge to paint, Um, and at the time, um, I was doing a lot of painting, Um, and so um, I took the magazine back with me, and um, I started to try and paint this picture, and um, for the first time in my life, I paint with watercolor, and um, when you put down watercolor, you do a wet-on-wet kind of wash. You put down water first, and then you put down the pigment. The pigment moves based on where the water is, you know? Um, But this is the first time when I put down pigment, the pigment moved in the shapes of the picture. It was like... you said what? You said by itself. By itself. So I would put the I would put the wet, then I would put the you know just like go to put the corner of where I'm I'm about to make underneath the eye, and even before I could make the whole stroke, the whole thing would just appear. And I had never had that experience before. It was like this painting was painting itself. If you ever painted watercolor, it's so easy to mess up because you overdo it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know how to back up. You don't know how to stop and let it dry. I couldn't do anything to this painting. It painted itself. It was not, it felt like it wasn't me painting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was very, and I felt like I went into a deep meditation with it, with that painting. So that was- So
2: that's that's how
3: you find your guru? I think that was my first introduction yeah i think I think that was my first Shakti pot experience in terms of my guru I really do um and mm-hmm. I went to um now,
1: now hold on you're gonna have to explain some terminology here because okay um, you just use guru and and shakti um, yeah so, so break that down so people can follow what it is you're saying
2: and this right. is all part of um your practice is uh Siddha yoga I practice oh, so. Siddha Yoga, mm-hmm. a form
3: of yoga. Yeah, right. As Siddha means perfect and yoga means union. So Siddha Yoga means perfect union. And so what yoga is, is um, that it's trying to, even the physical yoga that people do is trying to um, get you to bring your spirit in, line, in alignment with, you know, the almighty, the, the most high, the universal spirit. So um, that's union you know um so guru means um dark to light so a teacher that brings you from darkness to light and shaktipat is the spiritual awakening when the kundalini which is the um spiritual seat of your um is also is represented as a snake but the Mm -hmm. spiritual seat of your uh of oneness with god um is reawakened within you right Mm -hmm. so you're already a part of of god it's just like we forget you know and so it's like remembering Mm
1: -hmm. so the painting was your waking up
3: the painting was the beginning of my waking my awakening and so i had um she came to a friend of mine that same friend came to to uh to the Bay Area, to San Francisco, she was performing um, in a dance troupe and a dance company. And um, they were, they had this big performance in San Francisco, three days or whatever. We went to see her and she did two shows the night that we saw her. And after that, we went to a club in San Francisco. um, That was right before the Raves took off. That was, you know, it was old warehouse. They were clubbing all night long and dance music all night long, and um, it was uh, till like three in the morning. And on the drive back across the Bay Bridge, going from San Francisco to Oakland, she said, um, "Oh, what time is it? It It's like three thirty. I think we might have stopped to get something to eat. So it's almost four in the morning." She's like, "Um, "Drop me off at the ashram. I'm going to go and meditate." I was like, "What?"
1: She
3: just, she just performed two shows, danced all night, and now she's going to go meditate? I was like, where do you get that energy? She said, it's the meditation that gives me the energy. I was like, well, I need some of that, you know, whatever that was. So that was my first wanting. I didn't realize the two were connected.
1: Mm.
3: And then I had another friend who started bringing me to this place they called The Cave where there was a chant going on and it was all open all night. And we would go in there and we would sit and chant. And there was this picture of the same guy that I had tried to paint, you know, and of a woman, girl, and I had no idea what the two places were the exact same place until much later, you know, cause it was the middle of the night when we went there. So I didn't realize it was the same place. And so it was, it was the um, Siddha Yoga Meditation Ashram in Oakland. And, um, I went there one time and, um, well, let me back up a little bit. I was a seeker, right? So I was really trying to find out where's my spiritual practice. I was also turning 27, so going through my Saturn return, um, you know, where Saturn returns to the house that it was in um, when I was born. Yeah. So. If you read about the Saturn turn, they talk about upheaval. Lots of things happened. Mm-hmm. As what happened with Biggs, lots of things started happening. You know, I lived with three other people. All of them left. I was in a serious committed relationship. It broke up. You know, um, I went from having friends around all the time to being by myself in Oakland. And um, it felt like someone took me by my ankles and shook me. And everything just came out, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. anything that I had an attachment to. So it was um, a very tough time. I was crying every day, you know, for like two years. It was really a cleansing time. And um, I was searching. I was looking for a spiritual practice. I was at a really low point. I was looking for a way to be in constant communication with God. So um, I studied with Asara Set. Do you know the Asara Set
1: Society? Yes.
3: Sorry about that. Yeah, so I studied with Asara Set for a little while. Um, I went to church for a little while. Um, I um, um, through um, through dances. I don't know if you guys have talked about um, um, spiritual practices in uh, in terms of um, Yoruba or the Orisha or yeah. anything like that. But yeah, I'm um, through through dance, I was um, wrote by. Um, um, I think it was Yemen yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, um I went into trance um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: through dance. Wow. Um yeah, so all of these things started happening, right? And then I went to Nigeria, back okay. to Nigeria.
1: Okay. Back,
3: back to Nigeria. This is the second time to Nigeria. And um I had an um an out-of-body um kind of what felt like possession experience on the beach. Mm. And when and at that time I had been practicing meditating and all of that, and had already gone to the ashram and all of that. And when I sat down to meditate, I heard a voice inside me say, without a guide, you're gonna get lost.
1: Hmm.
3: And I said, What? <laughs> I was like, huh. Ah. And it repeated, without a guide, you're going to get lost. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I know I actually heard it, you know, because I had, I had to have it repeated, you know, that's what I heard. So when I got back to Oakland, I went back to the meditation center, to the ashram, and I was told it was closed. I was like, what do you mean it's closed? I need to sit and meditate. They were like, no, it's closed because she's here. I was like, she who? And they're like, girl, my. Chivala Sananda is here um, in Oakland, giving a talk at the Paramount Theater. So me and my roommate, we drove down there and we went to the Paramount Theater and um, sat way up in the seats. The lights dimmed down and as she began talking, it felt like in that huge theater full of people that it was just me and her. It was like, I got tunnel vision. It went like this. she was talking directly to me, talking directly about my experience. And um, she said some things like, you know, if you, uh, you should test the guru because the guru will test you, you know, how do you know this is your practice? You should test it, find out, you know, for yourself. Uh, don't just take anyone's word for it. So there were a lot of things that happened that made sense to me, because remember I was dealing with from a childhood, questions that people couldn't answer
2: for me yeah you had a very rich wealthy like very diverse spiritual experience in your life so how did you find biggs who who, who you you know like a, a christian guy you know and has always been a christian guy and has found different levels of christianity you know related to his practice um but yeah. like did he think you were weird or strange? Like how how did it was I thought it was different.
0: Then I went back and I was like, but well, you know something? I never said bring me a Christian woman. I never said that. I said I was gonna handle that myself. So I look at that, I was like, I never said that. Did so you know
2: was, she was your woman? Like when you met her, did you just say, you know, no, I don't no. know? What
0: she is? So 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 you know. This, the spiritual aspect is one thing, but then there has to be other things that go along. It makes it easier if you, if you believe the same thing. But here the thing is, when you start really looking at it, it's a bunch of people that go to church and believe what I believe, believe different things, right? So just those people believe the same thing doesn't mean it's going to be uh, that be conflict. Absolutely.
2: You're saying that even if you had found a Christian woman, right, she may still have a different belief in Christianity, than what you have,
0: and, and so here, here the thing is, so I, I started tithing um, at some point when I didn't have a car. Started so tithing, so I started wrecking my car, and then at some point I think I stopped for a while, and I said, you know, when I get myself at a certain level, I'm gonna start tithing again. So when I started doing this, and I was told my my parents, they were like. And my dad, he had these stories about it. And I'm like, well, I get it. And so we disagreed about it. And that's okay. I was like, he was like, he told me, I was like, and then I finally got my understanding now. I was like, here's what you got to understand. It's never going to work for you if you don't believe it. So yeah, tiding is, I was just, don't do it. If you don't believe in it, you shouldn't do
2: it. So the tiding is the tiding. how you found Wanda?
0: No, I, I would simply give you some, as an example that there's some things people don't agree with. So um, you're going you're gonna to get disagreements regardless of... Oh,
3: well, because your dad is a Christian, but he doesn't believe in tithing right, in right. some way that he, I get it. I understand. And a
0: matter of fact, you may get in bigger fights with somebody who's a Christian than you with somebody who
3: may <laughs> not, based on them. Isn't that Uh, something? It's funny that Zawadi would be the one to ask the question about how did he find me because she was there. (laughs) She was there when we actually met, you know. So I think that when you look at the 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 other thing that happened to me, I think when I when I lived in Ghana and um, I was married the um, the first time I was married. Um, to someone who practiced, um, he, w- he was raised Catholic, but he practiced um, uh, Hebrew, and um, and he was a uh, uh, Rastafarian, you know. And so um, he, which all deals with the same faith, you know, Judaism, uh, uh, Christianity, Rastafari, you know, they have the same um, God of Abraham, you know. And so yeah, no. it was, it wasn't. A, a conflict for him you know but for me it was great because we studied under a rabbi who um, was a, a scholarly rabbi and so when we had Shabbat uh, 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 classes on Saturdays he would lay out the whole like several books he would lay out the, um, the Bible the Torah the um, book of Maccabee uh, the, um, the 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 from um, Ethiopia um, and all of these different um, the Quran um, all of these different books that come from that same root um, uh, the the God of Abraham and so uh, he would show us the scriptures in these different ways and different places so. You could see, and and being an African American, he would relate it to our experience as Africans in the diaspora who have been dispersed through the transatlantic slave trade. And so it was amazing to me to learn from that perspective. So I had learned um, that eight years that I was in Ghana, even though I didn't grow up with the Bible, I learned the Bible and I learned the Quran in a very intimate way. And um, so when I met Biggs, um, I had already had some understanding of how the Bible, the Quran um, and his spiritual practice related to my spiritual practice, you know, mm. and, um, and I have more questions and also about the understanding of belief, you know, and it's like, um, are you really believing this because this is what you were raised to believe, or are you believing this because this is what it really says? And, and what does it really say in the Bible? And let's look at it. And then let's dissect it, and then let's see what does it say based on what it was meant what the um authors meant, you know, like when you go back to the other um, translations, you know like what does that say in Hebrew you know uh, the 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 language that much of it was written in you know so I think um those are some of the things that um you know um, made it easier for us to um be together because we, we, we could talk, we could have those kind of conversations. I would say, to be honest, the biggest thing that both of us had going for each other is that we were working on ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think think, think mm -hmm. that was was a big part of it. I I felt like that, that, uh, you know, we had both been in relationships, uh, both been married before. Um, I felt like, you know, when I met her, I think, I think I, gave her a book uh, shortly after I think the five love languages yeah and so us us not having the same belief made it a little bit more difficult but I I really didn't see it as being she was really she didn't have any um although she wasn't Christian she had questions and had and she would question me about things and sometimes, I really didn't, didn't have an answer, the answer, you know, of course what happens is just like, just like I, I, I told my dad, you know, things have belief when you have, when you, things have power when you believe in. And so when I look at the Bible, you know, I've heard that, you know, it was changed and it was, and it it, it, it it's subjective. It's a white man's religion. That's not really true. Um, it was, you know, used to subjugate us to be here in slavery. That's true, mm-hmm. and so here's what you got. Here you got to look. You got to look at things for what. For, there, there's a passage, and I, there's, there's. I'm not, as you can see, a, a Bible scholar. I don't know. I read, and I know certain scriptures I use to help me daily. But it's a, it's a passage in the Bible where I'm gonna paraphrase it. This person is preaching, and they really. Don't believe what they preaching. But people are believing him. But he's doing it for the wrong reason. Those people who heard him still benefited from that. Oh, so I can't
2: mm-hmm.
0: I can't remember the the description, but I did I did find the one, I did have the so it's Matthew 25 was what was in this book. And it was like, For whoever has been given more, they will have an abundance, and whom does not have any even the little they have will be taken from them. That was, that was Matthew 25. It was the first line of this book called "A Magic. When I, when I read, I was like, it's interesting. They started the book with scripture, and then you read through the book. It wasn't a, it wasn't a book that was really bit, written off a of Bible base, but it was written off a of belief, right? Written off a belief system. So when I take a scripture and I read and believe this is what God has for me, I'm manifesting the same thing people are in the book through the scripture. See, this is the connection I made. You go, well, hmm. why while you sitting there saying that's, that's King James changed that? And I want read. I'm looking at it going, no, no, no. This is what this 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 is what I get right here. I believe this is what God has for me. And he said it in the book, and I believe it. Hmm. The same way the people were saying, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a millionaire, I'm gonna I'm gonna have these things, and they start putting. They put affirmation to the words, the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing people were doing to get what they wanted. So that's how how I'll I'll look at that. It's the exact same thing. So
2: so what I'm hearing is that. That's
1: the parable of the talents you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Right. That is. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it, Mm -hmm. it,
0: it, it only had that one, only. It only had, it, it, it had that one part of it in there. It didn't have the rest of it. Yeah, sure. sure. That's like two or three. So so when I read that, and what is it? And that's very hard. So somebody has a lot, but what the book did, it inserted the word gratitude. So if you have gratitude there, this, this is what, if you have gra- more gratitude, you gonna get more. If you have, you don't have a lot gratitude, little you have when you be taken away.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so it seems so- to me like, like the two of you are joined together in seeking, like the two of you are using philosophy and religion in order to enhance yourselves and grow and seek and develop spiritually. And with the two religions being different, it's not as relevant as your, your passion for seeking and learning and growing together. Is
3: that- I, th- I, I think that that, that is um, part of it. I, I think the other thing is that although I do um, Siddha Yoga religiously in terms of the way that I practice, it is not um, a religion in the sense of you can be a Christian, you can be a Hebrew, you can be a you know, Rastafari, you can be an atheist and still practice Siddha Yoga. You know, mm. So Siddha Yoga mm-hmm. is about the perfect union with your own self your own inner self, you know, uniting with your inner self and knowing Mm -hmm. that that is where God sits inside of you. And, um, I think that when you recognize that, then you can recognize God in everyone. We have this plaque on our, at our door, when you walk in our house, that says, see God in everyone, you know, see God in each other, you know? And so when you do that, then you know you're working on yourself daily you know he's working on himself daily working on myself daily that's why i say i think that that's the thing that bonds us that you know that we are thinking about we are contemplating our actions our thoughts our our behaviors our our mindset our you know our belief systems and we are um willing to talk through talk to each other about them yeah and 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 was it easy you you know from you know being my friend being close to us you know it wasn't easy it wasn't always easy it was you know a very bumpy road in in the beginning it was you know hard to understand some um specific aspects you know of 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 spiritual practices you know um and so i think that um you know for for to get past those things you you have to look at the root of them, you know, you have to understand where they really come from. And if you don't understand within your own spiritual practice where these traditions and stuff come from, then, you know, some people will be very offed- offended, you know, and be very defensive because they don't understand, you know. But Biggs had to take a position that he wasn't, you know, because I am also a seeker of knowledge. So I'm asking you a question not to put you on the spot, not to you know, belittle you or your practice, but because I really don't know. So once he, I think once he got to the understanding of, oh, wow, she really doesn't know. I wasn't raised with this. I'm asking you because I really don't know. Right, 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 right. Then then it, it took the sting away from it. You know, mm-hmm. then it was just like, yeah, she doesn't know, you know, and then he could just try to inform me. And then if he didn't know, then he could go and find out, you know, he could go and talk to people at church or you could talk to, you know, pastors or, I think one time you went and talked to Pastor Nate about some stuff that we, think, we were right. talking about, you know, because he didn't know. And I didn't know. And I was asking, you know, and once he got through, oh, she's not just, you know, being confrontational. That's right. not, That wasn't my reason for asking. Mm.
1: Yeah, so, is, sometimes is, is, oh, yeah, no. sometimes. Go ahead. You go ahead.
0: No, so, sometimes she would. Uh, she would. Do think she was really genuine with it? Like, you know, you've been kind of. Have you been, you know, have you prayed lately? Have you been doing something? Cause you've really been kind of. You can You. It would be some things that I maybe I wasn't being myself, and then she would ask me about what i had done and what I believe in. You know, I'm like, okay, I probably won't get that. Have you prayed lately? Have you done this? And I'm like, because I guess it was. It wasn't really about. I'm getting encouraged from somebody who really doesn't have a, the same inner belief as I have more so than I will with somebody who may believe what I believe. But sometimes we can be very superficial in church at times, but believe it or not. Sometimes we're there and, you know, and we're, you know, we, we do church really well, but don't do Jesus in our life, live our lives like we do in, in, mm-hmm. a, uh, in the real world, you know? And so unfortunately, that has made, you know, people... I mean, I, I I have a brother who grew up in church and he, he he hadn't been to church in years because he's had a bad experience there. And sometimes these bad experiences cause people to feel like they don't need... Uh, they can do the church thing without having been in a, in a group. Um, I've just really come to the realization that's extremely difficult because not going to church now, having it online is great, but when you're in there... And there's people in there, mm-hmm. you know. It, I mean, it's a powerful when you get moved by the spirit. I was in, I was at church the other day, I was telling Wayne about, it. I was like, and I was serving, so I'm I'm like an Usher, and I walked down front, and there's a lot of young people who go out of church, like young, like 18, 19, 21, 22, and they was up there jumping and shouting, and I was like, you could feel the energy come off of them. And I was it, it was it, it was really powerful. I mean, at the time, and I was like, wow. You know, I, I, it was an experience like I almost, I hadn't really felt before. Because I'd never go down to the front down there where they're doing that at. And when I got there, it, it kind of shook me up a little bit. And so cool. I, I, I was really shocked about it. I was like, wow, you know. And, I, and this is like, like this year. I was telling I was like, man, I went up to the front. You know, people down there. And so that kind of energy, you, you, it's hard to find that at home. Mm. You can but it's hard to be home and, and get that on your own. Or by
3: yourself. Right. You know? it's,
0: it's hard to connect because we you know you need somebody to connect with to believe like you believe in that particular situation. So
1: yeah. I think
0: that I think that when you come back to look at I know um, the relationship, a relationship has to have some things. Um and I believe that believing the same thing is really helpful. But I think the biggest thing about that is, when you don't agree, is there compromise? Is there an agreement? Right? Because the agreement, that you can do anything with agreement, regardless mm-hmm. of what you believe in. So if there's compromise and an agreement there, and some patience, those things can make the transition go a lot easier. Um, doing doing one of the moments when we were first met, and we kind—I was kind of struggling with this, suit yoga yoga things. I went, and I'm like, look, like, like they just on the person here, this look kind of like, you know, this this stuff is, I don't know about bowing down to the grandma and all that, I'm the one, and, you know, I didn't really quite understand and she really explained to me a little later on and I had a real good friend of mine, a female friend too, she came to my wedding and, you know, we hung up and went to D.C. last time, she was the one person who was like, you know, Derek. I know you believe something, y'all believe something different, but you need to give this thing a chance, you know? And a lot of people at the time and I talked to and I didn't talk to many people. They were like, "Yeah, you know, you may want to keep in something different." You know, I, I got a lot of, I didn't get a lot of encouragement. So, so, because this one friend, she was, she really was a, you know, was an advocate for the, seeing how it was going to work out. And so we kind of came back and was like, "Well, there's no strings attached in terms, but let's just see how this thing worked itself out." You know, so we were going to put, we we're just going to see how what, you know see how things played themselves out over a period of time and here we are now
3: that same experience um i i was i was living that experience as well so it was his first time coming to the meditation center so the meditation center um is where we get together and we have um our gatherings or our um in the, in the being in the presence of other seekers um or what they call satsang and um in this presence of other seekers, uh, we get together and we chant and we meditate and we contemplate um, the words of our teacher or, or our guru and also other spiritual scriptures. Um, sometimes from the Bible even, um, but other um, spiritual scriptures. Um, and we were—I uh, had invited him to come, and he came. And um, when we pranam, which is bowing um he had a real problem with that and so um we broke up over it and um what do you say i said oh wow yeah i mean we hadn't been together even a year yet and and, um i was just like well if you can't understand i mean you know it is not idolatry it's not you know and without even trying to explain it, I was just like, basically, with can you curse on this thing? I was like, basically, fuck you, you know? (laughs) That was my stance, you know? (laughs) You can boot that if you need to. (laughs) But uh, I was just really like, whatever, you know? Um, And then um, I was talking to my kids, you know? And my youngest was seven at the time and my oldest was 13. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And my youngest was like, well, you know, why, what happened? I was like, oh, you know, we, we, we don't agree about city yoga. He's like, well, why are you guys talking about things you don't agree about? Why don't you talk about things you agree about? That was a seven year old. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. And the 13 year old said, well, I really think that you guys are both to blame for this. And I was like, what do you mean? How am I to blame for this? And he was like, well, even though he had an overreaction, I feel like you're overreacting to his overreaction because you didn't say anything to him about it. You didn't explain it. You always ask for explanations, but you didn't give an explanation. I was like, wow, you're right. you know. And I had thought about it because in practicing Siddha Yoga from um, the time I was 26, almost 27, I had gone through trainings at the ashram on how to talk to people about our spiritual practice, how to talk to people who didn't know about it, how to introduce people to Guru Mai, how to introduce people to this spiritual practice. And I didn't use any of those techniques that i had learned with him you know mm-hmm. i didn't try to explain it i didn't i just got offended and was like fine you know um, and so i thought about that and i was like yeah that's really a problem and so i called him and we had a conversation and, and i really explained pranaming um, isn't worshipping um another person outside of yourself that girl my teaching is that your god lives within you as you and that when you put your head below your heart that means you're putting your heart above all else and when you bow like you see people bow in other um other countries you see people bow in ghana and, and and all over africa you see people bow in um in asia all over asia they're putting their head below their heart. They're putting their heart above it. So they're going with love over what your mind is thinking, you know. And so that that explaining it uh, from that perspective gives it another understanding, you know, um, from someone who had no idea before. So I think that that is one of the things.
1: You know, what I really like that I hear is that you all allow each other to, to be who you are and you work to create a bond ultimately through, through the different trials, which everybody on a spiritual path is going to have some trial. That, that You can't get away from that. Um, right. But that you are able to ultimately work, serve as mirrors for each other and challenge each other to do your work to live what you say it is that you believe, which is something yeah. that a lot of people get offended about when you shouldn't, it, it, somebody's really wanting you to be your best self. Yeah. Right, and absolutely. That's, we that's have, the key. yeah, Yeah, we have a lot of, we're gonna have to close out because we're, okay. <laughs> we're at time for the session. But okay. I got so, we have so many questions that we still gotta get to, including the integration of the family and, and practical what you do on a daily basis. So we got to do a part two. Can you please come back for a part two?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we can do a part two.
1: Yeah, yes, this is so fascinating. It's very, very interesting and enlightening. And I know our listeners are going to be very happy um, to that you've been so open and sharing your experience. And um, it's going to actually bless a lot of people and benefit um, others who may Thank be so. in similar Absolutely.
2: situations. Absolutely. So. thank
1: you for for being willing to be here and to share and we will definitely um set up and do a part two to this and continue continue this dialogue all right
3: thank you thanks for inviting us Mm -hmm.
1: all right so we're going to close out all right um thank you to our listeners as always was it is because of you that we're even able to be doing this and we will continue bringing forth this knowledge and challenging you to think critically about why you believe what you believe and why you do what you do as always is about evolution transformation and continuing to thrive in a way that is positive thank you for being with us and until next time we're signing out and we'll see you then peace all
0: right thanks so
3: much
1: yeah talking about spirit. So in closing, we like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, continue to thrive, and find your own personal path to tapping into spirit.
2: I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing
1: streak.